0: So 99 of Friends of Film, our podcast latest news and theatrical leases. On this episode, we'll cover Gambit, Casting, Jude Law's Superhero, Outline, the DCEU, and more after you review Coco. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and IG by searching Friends of Film. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, once again, joined by a man recovering from the holidays, Josh Straley.
1: I think I gained like four pounds over the weekend. That's... So we're not even halfway through. <laughs> so... Do you have more Thanksgiving to get through? There is one final family event. Okay. for stragglers that we have to get to and then I'll be safe and then it's just coasting all the way to Christmas.
0: Yeah, and you didn't do any Black Friday shopping. I
1: didn't do any Black Friday shopping. How about are you,
0: you? Are you going to do Cyber Monday?
1: no, I don't think no, so.
0: Nothing. Uh I've bought 12 Blu-rays Ooh. so far. So I have to hold off now cuz I've passed on my Amazon wish list to my family. Yes. So they can buy me this Blu-rays <laughs> the, <laughs> gotcha. the other Blu-rays that I want. So uh hopefully that'll be something i get in the mm-hmm. next month or so 12 down and still counting yeah about uh i don't know there's probably like 60 more on my wish list best pickup Who? Oh, uh, i'd have to recycle through everything i got uh the one i the most recent one about was me and her on the dying girl oh yeah um which is one i've been dying to rewatch watch again since mm-hmm. i saw it for the first time back in 2015 or whenever that movie came out and uh so i'm looking forward to watching that one again
1: yeah for sure Fantastic.
0: But uh, this week we are going to review Coco. We And it's are. your week to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we get into spoilers on the latest from Pixar, there will be a timestamp in the description of those episodes. You guys can skip ahead to the news. But otherwise, Josh,
1: what did you think of Coco? I liked it a lot. Okay. So Pixar has been on this kind of, has been on a, a bit of a rut the last two films that we've reviewed. They seem to do one original, one sequel. Yes. Movie. That there for sure has worked. And that's fine. It's all well and good. But the themes of Finding Dory um, were a little bit generic at times. It's something that they've talked about. Same thing for Cars 3. Despite the plots that they've done and kind of um, the routes that they've gone with those plots. Coco, completely original, which absolutely love. And let me say this. They take, um, I, I, let, let me do say this. I am as white as possible with no <laughs> Hispanic heritage at all, so with those reservations in mind, I don't think that they um appropriated something this cultural uh this this holiday at all. They were very careful with it and seemed to have taken a very respectfully and put a really cool spin on it. Um, from my studies, you know, I'm still taking Spanish and things right. like that. So I've got at least some good foundational knowledge for it to be wondered by it. Mm-hmm. And it, they took this and they do what Pixar does best and build a world on top of it or throughout it. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that aspect of the movie. Okay. Um, Miguel Riviera is... Played by Anthony no, 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 Gonzalez, mm-hmm. um, is probably one of the sweetest characters that they've made in a Pixar film, yeah, uh, by far. And his love of music and his family's almost footloose-like abhorrence for it, or strict <laughs> no music, you know, style for it, is uh, it's heartbreaking, and it makes that it's a really cool kind of way to watch him early in the movie. Nav, have to navigate that, you know, no snapping, clapping, or like it's just so it's so funny to kind yeah. of like watch that have, have his parents or his grand his grandma reinforce mm-hmm. it, uh, especially when she just goes ham on that uh, um, mariachi player yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with the, with her shoe <laughs> because they're they're a family of shoemakers, which you know brings up that foot loose thing. I don't know if that was intentional or not. I don't but, know. Um, written by Adrian Molina or co-written and co-directed by Adrian Molina okay. and Lee Unric. I think yep. they just did a fantastic job because the world of the dead, which is basically a, a mere image of their town, mm-hmm. uh, is fantastic. Uh, the, Pixar skirts the uncanny valley in ways <laughs> that I, you, it would just, you know, throw you off. Like you look at the polar express and be like, I don't like that. But then (laughs) you see this, and you're like, this is objectively way better, Mm -hmm. but somehow they still do it. And that city is beautiful. The hues, like these fluorescent pinks and blues, and it's like kind of like the entire city is just like one large party. Yeah. And I I love that part of it. Um, Of course... Our characters, uh, um, Ernesto de la Cruz, played by Benjamin Bratt, he's kind of got like these uh, Mexican soap opera type style to it. We see those with his film and TV stuff, and those are all perfect, and I don't think you could have gotten anybody better to play sort of like that macho guy. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, I loved him in Rosewater, and then he's so good in... Um, Mozart in the Jungle Okay, so if you've enjoyed him I definitely think you need to dabble into that I mean won Emmys on Amazon right. so okay but yeah fantastic as Hector and the music which I did not I, I mean I knew the movie was centered around it mm-hmm. but I didn't expect it to be as ingrained into the film yeah. almost uh, almost as much as like a Frozen or like a classic Disney mm-hmm. princess film yeah uh, and it was phenomenal. And I, I should have expected it. Um, Un Poco Loco, it goes in, off in my head uh, all the time. And then, of course, the, the song's kind of um, theme or thesis, uh Remember Me, yeah. which plays so sweetly into the themes. Because obviously Pixar drives hard at movies like that. And I'll say this. This is the perfect personification of um, two themes that Pixar's tried to get at in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ratatouille would be one. Uh, kind of like going against what your family thinks or wants, and getting off and doing your own thing, mm-hmm. and then the Incredibles too, which is a little bit more subtle, okay, but you know, in terms of family and uh, heritage and things like that, so this movie definitely takes those two and just executes them to death, uh but at the same time, I've seen all of that before, okay, so uh you know it. It was, they weren't blazing a ton of new trail. But with that said, everything else, you know, around it and in the moment of the movie got me near to tears, especially mm-hmm. especially at the end. Yeah. Um, when we, you know, when it all, when the movie's title kind of clicks in your head, mm-hmm. uh, a lot, because most of the time I was just kind of like, how is this all going to boil back down? And, right. And, 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 you know, um, it's really the the emotional payoff at the end while I was worried about it as we were kind of winding our way through, but then we get to these really nice two really nice big twists um mm-hmm. and it re- really works uh there's also some great some darker com- comedy gags in here too mm-hmm. uh but my my favorite though is obviously the dead immigration services <laughs> uh, that that the mirror image of how that's played out is the if you want to get across to see your family, you have to be remembered. You have mm-hmm. to have your photo placed at your Ofrida of- of or the in altar, kind right, of you know, yeah. um, sort of a memento that they build for mm-hmm. uh, loved ones that have passed away. And if your photo is not there, you're not getting in. And it leads to these really great moments and themes of memory and things like that. Uh, so, with all of that said, I'll stop ranting. But I would <laughs> gi- I would give it four out of five ticket stubs. Okay, uh, I I really enjoyed it, but. Pixar seems to be digging themselves a little bit of a rut thematically. Okay. Uh before I you? get
0: to my review, Okay. What did you think of the 21-minute preview that came before this of Frozen 2 Olaf's Christmas special whatever it's called?
1: It, it, okay. I am a huge fan of Josh Gad. Yes. And I I I I enjoy Olaf because of that, mm-hmm. but I did not need to see an Olaf spin-off movie right. <laughs> before this. I
0: don't need to see an episode of television yeah, of it on the yeah, big screen. Exactly.
1: Um It's I it wasn't Piper.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And which is still which or Paperman. Right. And you know, those are my two favorite Pixar shorts. Those are also like four minutes. Exactly. Or something. And yeah, it's just, you know. Pixar animated shorts. Are fun to watch because they always they they're, they they're allowed to be weird in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, uh, you know. An advertisement, like you said, or a marketing campaign for the new Frozen movie, mm-hmm. no thanks.
0: Yeah, I was uh, caught off guard by how long it was to begin with because <laughs> I was like, I thought it was going to end like right after, you know. Or, like, after he, like, starts meeting those people, like, he'd find one. Yeah. I didn't expect it to be this whole thing of, like, oh, he got lost. Now we have to go find him. Now he has to go set new traditions for the entire town. I was like, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Like, it worked for me for, like, the first ten minutes or so probably. Because, like, it kind of reminds you that, you know, Frozen was not only had one of the most popular songs mm-hmm. in the last, you know, decade or so. Yeah. But it was also a really, really good movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I like all these characters. It has all that charm again. Yeah. But I was like, man, this is this is way too long.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: And I was like, I uh, uh, please stop.
1: <laughs> oh, that does remind me, though. Uh, Frozen songwriters were in on the Coco soundtrack. OK. And the songs. Uh, Kristen Lopez and Robert Lopez. Oh. So uh, good, good full circle there. I, yeah. That's something I missed. OK.
0: Um, but yeah, outside of the Frozen 2 preview, <laughs> uh, I think that Coco is one of Pixar's best. OK. I think that this is I would argue that this is their best-looking film, um, hands down. It's, I yeah. mean, you mentioned the colors that they're just bright. Mm-hmm. They also like the 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 way that they were able to portray the dead people yeah. was great. And then the way they were able to take Miguel and out, as he is stuck in the day, in the land of the dead. Mm-hmm. The longer he stays there, the more his body like deteriorates, or more so just his skin, and then like his bones show through. But the whole time they don't just like, all right, now he has no skin on his on his hand. They're just like this little outline over it over the whole thing. And you're like, it's that like, constant kind of reminder that he's a human. And he still maintains his human face, but then yeah. like there's pivotal moments near the end where you only you can see like his actual skull, mm-hmm. um, and there's just like the outline and like. Um, like see-through version of his face, which I thought would just it just looked great. And then you mentioned like like the city. I mean, it just glows, and there's so much life to it. And they showed like I don't know if they showed this in front of your screen, and I'm sure they did. But like that little like two-minute clip of the making of Pixar, and you like it was it was very smart to show that Mm because they show like all the layers, ten like the thousands of layers that go into that. How many? different individuals go into making this one single scene that is just beautiful to see and it was a great reminder just that you know pixar is a brand but it's also a company full of hundreds or probably even thousands of people and each of them worked to get this to the big screen Um, and that was a great reminder especially because of stuff that happened outside of coco yeah the realm of pixar this week i was like yeah Mm -hmm. okay like that's not great but one rotten apple does not, you know, degrade the entire tree, right? Absolutely. And seeing Coco just kind of shine and kind of breathe, yeah. I mean, you know, Cars 3, not, not good. Uh, it was, it was fine, fine. Um, yeah. Finding Dory doesn't live up to finding Nemo. Uh, good dinosaurs, mm-hmm. fine, but it's, it's nothing, it's nothing re- memorable. Yeah. O- outside of, you know, Inside Out, which I mean, that was tw- early, early 2015, early 2015? Early yeah, 2015, spring, spring March, um, May. You know, that was the last big hit for Pixar, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, two years to get a hit. That's not a huge gap for a studio. But when you have a track record like Pixar, you're like, oh man, you know, you know, whatever it is, Ratatouille really let me down or whatever. Like, you know, they're brave, whatever it is. Like, you know, there's those, there are those lesser movies that they're not meeting the Toy Stories, the Toy Story 3s, the ups, you know, even the Incredibles for a lot of people. Like that upper echelon. And I think Coco finally got, into that tier where you just kind of look at it. You look at the visuals of it are great, but it also has all the heart. It it, it kind of retreads some of that, you know, the thematic yeah. stuff a little bit, but this was the first one that really put it all out there on the table. Yeah, of absolutely. You may have seen some of these elements before, mm-hmm. but you, here is the enti- here's an entire movie focused on it. Yeah, exactly. And it was just great to kind of see Miguel's journey and being like, you know, music is who I am. I come from a very musical family where my dad's a worship pastor, um, him and my mom have grown up playing mm-hmm. or singing music for their entire lives. Um, you know, I play guitar um, a lot, pretty much all of my sisters, my brother-in-law were all musical in some ways. So the music theme of this uh, really hit home for me and the thought of not being able to – I don't play music as much as I used to, but even just listening to music – yeah if that was like, you know, shunned upon, I'd be like, Ugh. I'd have that same struggle that Miguel had. And, you know, seeing him finally just being like, I have to break away. I have to, you know, embrace who I am. And, you know, because he thinks, oh, well, you know, you know, uh, what's his name? Ernesto, uh, de, Ernesto la Cruz. de la Cruz. Yeah. He is, he is my, he is my great, great grandfather. Like mm-hmm. I need to follow in his footsteps. It is literally my calling right. to it be this blind. great musician. Like I loved all of those elements to it. And, because of his musical background, once he finally ditches his family and gets to the day of the dead and all that stuff, the music just kicks in and it's, it's incredible. Um, You know, the stuff that's actually written, like you just said, like you mentioned some of like the other, the big numbers, like remember me and stuff, but also Michael Giacchino's score is really great. Um, And, you know, the voice cast throughout, it's a lot of people that you may not know right, right off the bat, but, you know Benjamin Bratt was great. Um, mm-hmm. you know Anthony Gonzalez, all everybody else involved. They all brought something to it, and it was just kind of you know great to see again, if even if these story elements or these themes may have been used um, to various to lesser degrees in previous mm-hmm. movies, this one did it with entirely Mexican cast. and that was also great to see uh, included as well. I think other than that, I mean the the twists and turns you mentioned uh definitely kept kept me interested and caught me by surprise. Yeah. Uh I thought they did do a really great job of integrating in all of the different elements to day de- to Dia de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the spirit animals, um, you know, how you have to cross the whole ceremony aspect of it and the, the petals and all that stuff. Um even as somebody who doesn't believe in this holiday or, you know, celebrate or in, in anything, but right. you know, you can you can get some understanding of it without it being like oh well i don't believe in this so you know i'm i'm against this movie or anything um
1: the first 10 or 15 minutes is sort of uh exposition to kind of mm -hmm. like you know let's kind of give you an entryway into it and um i saw it with my sisters and she's like oh okay that makes total sense like i thought it was kind of weird at the beginning but then they explained it to me and then i thought oh that's just kind of like remembering all your relatives
0: right and like i love that message yeah. of like you know we, everybody's lost somebody mm-hmm. and to see that in the land of the dead like you see people like tragically passing away be like again their second death yeah because people in the real world have forgotten them right and like that's that's a sad thing because like you know i i've lost family members but and i don't think about them all the time mm-hmm. but then like you think about it that way like like even though I don't believe in this necessarily like, you know, just that sort of thought of like, man, like, you know, these people did have an impact on my yeah. life. I should be thinking about them more, celebrating them, you know, passing down their memories to other people. Like, I think that is another great message to the movie, um, even if you don't believe in the holiday itself. Right. Um, and those sort of passing away moments uh bring some of the most emotional points in the movie as well as the twists and turns and yeah i mean the movie brought me uh incredibly close to tears and i mean my my eyes were very much filled with water they weren't <laughs> they weren't dripping yeah. but i mean it was uh it was it was a movie that got me For um, sure. and it wasn't one that you know up hits you right at the start it just in a tragic way this yeah. one there's tragedy to it but it also leaves you on a high, on like sort of a high note where you can, you have all those emotions, but it's not like, Oh, like this sucks. It's some of it comes from a, Oh, like this is great. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I mean the last half hour of it is incredible. And, uh, I think it's one of my favorite movies of the year. Oh, I would terrific. Give it, I'm going to give it five ticket stubs out of five.
1: All right. Cool, cool. Awesome. I hear you. Yeah, I will say this. You were right absolutely about the technical innovation here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I keep thinking about the bridge yeah. um, from the town to the Land of the Dead, mm-hmm. and it is amazing. And then the the, the really tight shots, too, mm-hmm. um, of uh, Coco's face. Yeah. And it, it was just like, that is – that is almost like War of the Planet of the Apes <laughs> right. levels of just quali- quality. Yeah. And I mean, they're, I think War of the Planet of the Apes uses ILM, don't they? Uh yes, I and believe I, so. I, I got to imagine there's some crossover between Possibly. You know, the picks. That you know, I don't know if
0: they did any like you know performance capture or anything, but I would assume not for uh, for Coco. You but. know,
1: I don't know. But I got, man.
0: I mean, it, 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 yeah, was it, too, great. it was almost too good
1: to say they didn't. <laughs> right. But I, I don't know. Um,
0: um, so, do you want to get into spoilers? Do you have any really yeah, spoilery I mean, thoughts?
1: Phil, I can, oh, let me say this.
0: All right. I, the Spoiler mov- warning, if you haven't seen oh, yes. it, uh, skip ahead to the news. Otherwise, from here on out, spoilers on Coco.
1: Yeah, I just want to say this. I, I don't know if I got became naive during this movie or what, mm-hmm. but I didn't see Hector being the long lost. Grandfather, right? great, gran- great grandfather. Yeah. I didn't see – I don't know why I didn't see it coming. It was almost too obvious. Right. Like initially my thought was, oh, Hector
0: is actually um, – I can't forget his name, uh, De La Cruz. Like yeah. Like that Hector was De La Cruz but that on in the land of the dead he had kind of been forgotten and mm-hmm. he had been worn down and stuff. And I was like, oh, that would be kind of interesting if they did that way. But then once they actually showed him, I was like, oh. Yeah. So that's not it. So that, that my, my thought completely went out the window. Right. And, yeah, to have the Hector reveal was awesome. And
1: then have it – but then have it also – because I'm like, oh, that – but then, like – because the photo in the beginning was just like, oh, that's too uh, – that's – that's that proof is so uh, – so
0: definitive. It's so like-
1: definitive almost with the photograph. I mean, even if the face is torn out, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like – I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's it's it's, just, there's no other just way guitar. it's yeah. Especially because he became so – Ernesto became so famous, and mm-hmm. that's why the family is just so right. not happy about it. But if – but. And then thinking, oh, Hector became a nobody. Well, he we got poisoned. I mean, yeah. Like, and then there's the yeah. there's the soap opera aspect uh-huh. of it too. Um, Ernesto and Hector basically becoming writing partners, and then Ernesto assassinating. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> Hector wanted to go back home to
1: Coco. Exactly. So he kills him, takes his music, and becomes the famous uh, musician mm-hmm. actor whatever else Everything there is else out he there did, yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and you know and then there's that karma at the um later in ernesto's life with the bell accident mm-hmm. which is
0: <laughs> it was pretty funny
1: yeah i know i, I also I, I laughed at it out loud and i'm like wait a minute they just killed somebody with a bell in a pixar movie again <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, well yeah they i guess that brings twice. up
0: questions does did the second bell kill him the second time, does that how that works, or is I he just stuck there underneath?
1: I think he, I think he's
0: just stuck there underneath. Yeah. I mean, we we see like Hector's like entire body get pulled apart at different points, and mm-hmm. like then it just all forms back together, which I thought yeah. again the animation of that was very cool. Um, yeah, I think because of the Hector twist, there's a lot of the best emotional moments of the movie come from that. Either what it is, De La Cruz turning against Miguel and being like. You gotta seize your moment, whatever it takes, and yeah. you're like, Oh, that hurts so bad or like when Miguel and Hector are in the, in the pit and they're they're screaming and at the top of their lungs like, I'm proud to be related to you. And it's mm-hmm. like that's that's so cool. And then obviously then when Miguel is singing Remember Me oh to gosh. Coco, yep. it's just uh and then she starts singing it back to him, even mm-hmm. though she's like forgot his memories like uh it was just it was so good
1: yeah and it's like uh there's this, there's this yeah the the click mm. right there and then coco and as it turns out as um is hector's daughter yeah uh which it, who's grown old now and the family the riviera the rest of the rivieras have decided that you know they're gonna throw out music mm-hmm. um but uh coco being the only one you know that never really soured on it but right. then you get that you know that final um, well and then
0: she's also like because she's sold so an age she's forgetting it which yeah. means she's forgetting him which then leads to the pivotal moment in the film when miguel's trying to leave and hector is dying again because yeah. she is forgetting him and he's like i can't leave you i need the picture and they're like mm-hmm. you gotta go and they like force him back to the real world and that's him like which the goodbye was super emotional because you're like oh is that is that really it and then you have Hector or have Miguel race throughout town to get back just to sing that song. And then have Coco have the torn portion of the photo in her drawer. I mean, it was all just great.
1: Mm-hmm. And, that, and then, but it doesn't even stop there though. Cause then you get the then one you year later. Again. And yeah. then you, I was like, you have to do that. Yeah. And then, and then one And then of course, you know, uh, that that's the, that's where you feel elated or you yeah. feel really, you get, you get relief mm-hmm. because if it would have left it there at the end of seeing that song, and the credits would have just started to roll. Yeah. I just would have been like, I uh, I probably would have kind of just been speechless. Right. And, th- and I've only ever had that twice at the theaters. Uh-huh. But I was like, now Pixar wouldn't do that to <laughs> right. me, right? And then they, you know, they brought they came back from black, and I was like, all right, good.
0: Great. Yeah. Thank goodness.
1: Uh, do you have any other thoughts? I have no other thoughts.
0: All right. That's all we have for Coco. We'll be right back in a bit with the news.
1: you tell me that it's red where should I put my shoes you say put them on your head
0: and we're back with the news and as always we're gonna start with the trailer this week we only have one and it's the second trailer for Ava DuVernay's a wrinkle in time this one dropped last Sunday so mm-hmm. we've had to wait a while to talk about it yeah' Is it worth the wait
1: mean, there's nothing in here blowing me away. Mm-hmm. We've are, kind of already known the plot, but we do get to see our young actress whose name just left my Storm mind. Storm Reed. Storm Reed, you know. Best name ever. <laughs> absolutely tear up and explain some science. Uh, and I, I always have enjoyed the explanation of how, all the ways to explain a wormhole. Yeah. Interstellar's is... Close to one of my favorites Did pretty good But this one right here Where she's trying to tell her friend About how traveling You know uh, Transportation would work Across Mm -hmm. dimensions She's like It's a wrinkle yeah. And then you just slide through it. And it's that's the simplest way and it's the most common, you know, thing we see, you know, where you just you fold up distances and things right. like that. So I love that. Um, Zach Galvanakis looks funny. Uh Mindy Kaling looks great. And there's just these bright poppy colors like her Mindy Kaling like running through this meadow with all of these little creatures and things mm-hmm. like that. I was like, Oh, that's kind of a fun shot. So, <laughs> you know. Um but we'll see how this all plays out, 'cause I've I mean, I've read the book. Okay. So I'm interested to see if they take any liberties with it because there there's plenty of room for liberties to be taken All because right. I don't know if the book technically makes any sense in the end. So <laughs> okay. But what did you think of trailer two?
0: I thought the big takeaway from me was that the visuals. The mm-hmm. visuals are awesome. Okay. You can see that Sweet. Ava just kinda had I I don't know if she had free reign, but she was able to go a little crazy and have like, you know, there were avatar level like shots of them like flying through like and there's like you know these huge tall mountains there's a sky below them they very much remind me of avatar um but i think think this one uh probably is better cast than avatar did hopefully it'll end up being a oprah it's got oprah it's got mindy kaling like you mentioned zach Mm -hmm. alfimakis michael peña uh reese witherspoon yep and then you know we have Storm Reed as well so i I'm, I'm very excited to see it because of the cast because of the visuals because of Ava and i think i mentioned on the podcast before mm-hmm. that i want this movie to be the launching point for Ava and Storm Reed to team up again in the MCU and do Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaurs a movie oh, yeah. and after seeing this trailer uh, that looks even more perfect because there you know there's those giant monsters roaming around and you know Storm Reed is like Basically playing Moon Girl in this movie because they're both like scientists, um, and I think that would be super cool to see one day. So, if that if this is the movie that is the building block to get me there, I'm equally I'm even more excited for Wrinkle in Time uh, because of that. But even if it doesn't lead to that, because I mean that's one possibility out of I'm sure a thousand that will come out of this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking forward to it because of just everything it's bringing to the table. And it looks like it should be a pretty good hit early next year. But uh, we also got some word this week on, another, on a sequel that's coming. One that I predicted and you thought I was insane. Well, insane.
1: I, insane. I thought it was unlikely. Possibly,
0: okay, calm uh, down. To think was coming. Um, but THR confirmed my suspicions this week that Fox is moving forward with a sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. Titled Death on the Nile. It will follow the same events of the Agatha Christie book by the same name that was set up in the final moments of the first film. Uh, Michael Green, who wrote the first movie, is currently writing the script for the sequel, and it is expected that Kenneth Branagh will return to direct again, as well as star uh, unsurprisingly
1: as our, detec- her- our detective hercule perot yeah uh okay listen i want to clear the air here okay i said well no that's just how it ends all right that she had her next book ready to go locked right. and loaded in the chamber and then you're like well studios dude, don't do anything
0: because <laughs> like, i said you, I sure like, you don't do anything by an
1: accident oh of course um but i, I am I'm glad to be wrong because okay. I did not think a sequel was coming when I said such a thing. Mm-hmm. So I will say that. Uh I'm so glad for this because I enjoyed Murder on the Orient Express. Yep. I think it could be improved upon. Mm-hmm. I think um Death on the Nile actually lends itself to be a better movie, especially because there isn't we don't there won't be as large of a cast of zany characters necessary. Okay. You don't need 12 stab wounds, you know, for the, <laughs> right. for, for the murder that's going to take place on the Nile here. It's just a riverboat. So we can hone in on Perot, and then we can get three or four stars, and then this movie, will. I, I think it'll be gold. I think it'll end up being better than Marine on the Ori Express. Um, if, I done, hope so. If done so at least enjoyably so uh i can't say whether you know it'll do another 200 million dollars worldwide or Mm. not so
0: yeah i mean i think that was the big takeaway for me that the first one murder learning express was made for 55 million dollars and by the end of this weekend it'll be over 175 million dollars without a doubt so it makes complete sense why fox would be like yeah let's make another one of these Mm -hmm. it makes it makes complete sense and uh you know i was pretty much right in the middle of being like do i like this movie or not on the first one so i'm if they're gonna make a second one i have full confidence that it will be better because if it gets worse then i'll be questioning what kenneth braun is doing Mm -hmm. outside of just trying to find more ways and more excuses to wear this ridiculous mustache (laughs) um so i don't know really much about this story i I think it's involves some sort of love triangle with perot and him but now he's the one he has to go there, which I like that element. Instead of him just happening to be on the uh, the train and having to try to figure it out, he's actually called into this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so have a little bit more of, I think, a motive behind it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if it doesn't have a big cast, fine. But I still want to see the same sort of level of stars get in there that we had on the first one. But this time they actually have... Some arcs to, uh, yeah, and some, some meat to their stories to play with,
1: not just people drop, resume dropping, right, and then running away, yeah,
0: exactly, right. So, uh, we also got word this week that, uh, Lizzie Kaplan, according to Variety, is in talks to join Gambit as the female lead. There have been no other details revealed of her character at this point, but we know she'll star opposite of Channing Tatum in the Gore Verbinski directed flick, except for 2019 this
1: movie looks like it's happening. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that's, you attached a co-star to it. And not just any co-star. Lizzie Kaplan, who... just Last film I saw her in was Now You See Me Too." Yeah. And um, I don't know if it's typecasting or what, but if Gambit's going to be a heist movie along those very same lines, something that looks like a Soddenberg, uh, quippy heist film, mm-hmm. there we go. Uh, I think she's fantastic, talented, and... I think it'll make a great rapport with Tatum depending on how Gambit is written. I yes. th- hopefully to Tatum's strengths um and not whatever that one note appearance was that he happened in like what was it, Last
0: Stand or Oh, that Gambit had yeah. in uh Wolverine sh- Origins. Oh, yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah. Where he just shows up like throws laser beam cards yeah, and little Good run, old Taylor yeah. Kitsch. Awful.
0: Taylor Kitsch is good. No, he's good, but the character, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, into,
1: yeah. Uh, Wolverine origins, what was? Yeah, that's a mess.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I am super on board for Lizzie Kaplan. Mm-hmm. I mean, comes from Mean Girls, one of my favorite movies. Uh, she is she is absolutely hilarious. But I know she also has uh, some dramatic chops to her as well. From I've heard her work on Masters of Sex is really great, but I haven't seen actually that seen that. Um, I I think the last movie I saw her in as well was Nice to Me Too, which she is. Uh, really funny and even though i missed isla fisher's uh i liked isla fisher in that series more than like lizzie kaplan but i mean i'm excited to see her get a sort of bigger opportunity to for her and have this co-starring uh role i think that's exciting for lizzie kaplan's
1: career the interview she is is the cia agent that (laughs) james franco is like did that come uh, out after now you see me too no, that was okay. That was two years was, before because that was during the Sony hack. And yeah, yeah. The it was first time late, we thought like we twenty fifteen, I think. Twenty, yeah, twenty early twenty fifteen, late twenty fourteen. One of those yeah. two. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yep. Um, do you have any knowledge on Gambit or who she I could be playing? I have no knowledge on Gambit. Okay. I
1: have not dived into this at all okay well Mainly because i th- thought i wouldn't have to right <laughs>
0: <laughs> but can you lay out any okay there, there are two popular suggestions all right one is that she's belladonna bordeaux okay who is uh a basically uh gambit is part of a guild okay in new orleans and she is part of the rival guild
1: Ooh. Um,
0: she is part of the assassins guild he is part of the Thief guild Makes sense. She's a thief. She's an assassin. Um, But then, so they kind of know each other their their whole lives. But then when they grow up, their fathers, who are like the heads of each guild, (gasps) arrange arrange a marriage for them. So they can be united. And the guilds will be set in stone. They'll be friendly. But then, of course, Belladonna's brother is like, no, no, no. And, like, gets in a duel with Gambit. He has to leave. And then it's like... Him and Belladonna have this you know West restrained or uh Got it. Uh, they have this like, you know, this very distant relationship moving forward. So it's
1: like West Side story set in New Orleans. Kinda. With A little bit of Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. I love it.
0: So that is one option for her. The other one is that Lizzie Kaplan could be playing Rogue. Okay. Because Rogue is yeah. Gambit's longtime love interest in the comics. We haven't seen her since Anna Paquin played her. Uh well, I guess she was <laughs> She was technically in Days of Future Past, barely. Yeah, just and then like, a little bit more if you saw the rogue cut of that. But really, the last time we saw her in any sub in a role of any, you know, recognizable size was back in X Men: The Last mm-hmm. Stand. So, I and I, those those movies have clearly been a little bit retconned. Right. Anything that's not happened in the last three years, really. So I could see Foxes again being like, eh, "Who cares about continuity?" It makes more sense for her to have for Gambit to have his one true love than you know, anybody mm-hmm. else.
1: Huh. So. Well I dig the first one. Okay the Bella Belladonna? character. Yes. I mean, because who wouldn't want to see some kind of like New Or grounded New Orleans type film right. with uh heists and casinos and jazz. Mm-hmm. Oh, all so much jazz. John Baptiste should really <laughs> uh Make a cameo in there as well as Jeff Goldblum. And then, oh, oh, it would be terrific. And then Damien Chazelle could... He can help with the music. Yeah, absolutely. See, there we go. (laughs) We We just went full circle. Ryan Gosling is playing a piano in the background or something. I don't know. He explains jazz to our characters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think I would lean... I think I don't know really anything about Belladonna outside of I've read her wiki, her wiki page. Yes, to Got gain it. some understanding of this character, since a lot of people think that's who Lizzie's is going to be playing. <laughs> but this is a Valentine's Day movie. It comes on Valentine's Day, and if there is a romantic angle to it, I think it would make more sense for it to be Rogue, mm-hmm. unless they're going to do like the introduction of Belladonna at the beginning, and then oh they 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 lost their way, and now they have to reteam back up. To take down Mister Sinister or whatever this movie is going to be about, so got it. I could see that happening. Okay, and if that's the case, I think that's uh, more interesting details for Gambit. So uh, we also got word this week that Jude Law, according to Variety again, is in negotiations to play the male lead role of Walter Lawson, aka Marvel, next to Brie Larson in Captain Marvel. Ooh. Law will serve as the mentor role uh, in the movie that is directed by Ryan Fleck and Anna Boden. Yeah, this is great.
1: Yeah, absolutely stellar. Like do Law. Yeah, both Sherlock and Holmes are now in the MCU.
0: Yep. We got Martin Freeman and Cumberbatch, and now we have yeah. R. D. J. and Law. Well,
1: the American versions. No, we have both sets of yeah. Sherlock and Holmes. Except in for the MCU. except for the
0: Elementary uh, TV version. It eh, doesn't but count. It's not, not
1: really Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that's Elementary.
0: Yeah, but. Yeah, didn't we didn't even name it, Sherlock. We, Holmes. we now have both sets in there, which is cool. That I don't is think awesome. which set do you think has the better chance of crossing over? Doctor Strange meeting Everett Ross or Iron Man meeting Marvell?
1: Uh the first one. Okay. Yeah, because they exist in the same timeline. Yes. Marvell's gonna get blown away in this somehow or some way. Probably. Because Tony Stark it, this movie's set in the nineties, mm-hmm. and Tony is still in a um still pretty uh, young. In a Huge binger uh, of weapons and alcohol <laughs> yeah. and weapons. So yeah, he won't be he won't be showing up in Afghanistan anytime soon. No, no, not yet. I mean, well, he, or, he would
0: he would probably be right on the verge of being CEO of Stark Industries at that point. So maybe yes. Stark is working with NASA or wherever. Because the backstory for Walter Lawson is that he's like a, a, a he security guard or something for okay. like this. Um, the section of like a weapons development um, place. So then, but then he dies in a car accident as Marvell is coming to Earth, and they just they just happen to look alike. So <laughs> Marvel takes on his identity all right. and like goes undercover to learn all about all this stuff, and that's how he meets Carol Danvers. And uh, I mean, maybe Tony Stark's around. I don't know.
1: Possibly, it could be a fun cameo for him, especially it, it if they we're looking to sell up this movie a little bit, or at least have some man post. Supposed- Post uh, scre- for screening buzz. The internet would hate that. I know they would. It'd be so funny. Well, wait. Oh, what? That if, a star if, cameo? If Robert Downey Jr. was
0: in Captain Marvel,
1: yeah, I would too. Actually, you know, well, I mean, like, it could be a fun cameo.
0: If it if it wasn't Anything- re- if it wasn't revealed ahead of time, okay. I would be totally on board. That's totally impossible. But I just don't want to deal with like, oh, Rob Dyne Jr. is reprising his role as Iron Man in Captain Marvel, and then the internet explodes, going, "Oh no, Marvel is just throwing in Iron Man because they have to. This is a Spider-Man Homecoming all over again. He's oh, going to steal the movie. A
1: cameo isn't the same as I know, co-starring, but like he was in Spider-Man Homecoming.
0: It's the internet, and they'll do whatever they want with yeah, whatever they want. I
1: suppose. I mean, I think it's more of the blogos, the 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 clickable blogosphere, I guess yeah. probably like guess what just happened, exclamation mark, question mark. <laughs> yeah. It will ruin your life. And then will be like, okay, that's not really substantive. You're just right. kind of sparking up anger. All right, yeah. fine.
0: Uh, but, yeah, Jude Law, I mean, he's great. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, happy to see him take on the role of Marvel, even though that means that my prediction of Woody Harrelson taking on this role is wrong, which means I'm, I'm going to go one and one in predicting that, you know, that Ben Mendelsohn would oh, be in Captain yeah. Marvel. One for two. Or yeah, one or I'd be yeah one for two. So then, and then Woody Harrelson will not. So I would like to go two and two it's on that shame. prediction. But I'll, I mean, I got my one, and I'm pretty happy, happy with Mendelssohn And I'll happily take Jude Law on the MCU oh, who any wouldn't? day.
1: Yeah, he's. I mean, I, I only had good things to say about him last week. Um, I wondered why he'd gotten roped into such a franchise, but you know, da 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 bills. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's clearly. Yeah, he's clearly looking for a payday. So hopefully he gets that. Good for him. Yep.
0: So that's all we have for the news, which brings us to our big question this week. Which, since we didn't have any DC news, it's the week after Justice League, and things aren't looking too good. It's uh, it's no. been a struggle. It is. It has. You know, whatever you want to say about Rotten Tomatoes, it has like a forty-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, maybe a thirty-something, um, and it's it's. it's it's struggling at the box office, um, put that in quotes, because you know it, it cost $400 million worldwide today, yeah. which is great, but that's I mean, this is a movie that had a $300 million production budget. It is reportedly has to crack anywhere between $600 and $750 million worldwide to make any sort of profit. There's reports out there that it's going to lose Warner Brothers money, which is unthinkable, uh, that a movie called justice league featuring all the biggest DC heroes would lose money at the box office. Yeah. But that is the place we are at currently with the DCEU. And we wanted to take a stab at playing the head of WB DC films. We can be Jeff Johns. We can be Ken Suchihara. We can be whoever we want. We're just in charge and we're going to give you our pitches for what we do the next five years. So until 2022, um, with the DCEU. So basically what our big question is, is what should the plan be for the DCEU for the next five years? And before we get into it specifically, I'll give you kind of the breakdown of how we went about making these. Okay. Uh, we had to stick to projects that are currently in development. So we couldn't greenlight anything new. We couldn't greenlight a Martian Manhunter movie. We couldn't green light uh, a Green Arrow movie or anything like that. We have to stick to stuff that have reportedly been in development. I'm sure there's other things that we don't know about, but we had to stick to stuff that have come out through the trades, through rumors, whatever of actually being in development. Uh, we could make any changes to cast or directors we wanted, so we could get rid of Ben Affleck, we could get rid of Joss Whedon, we could get rid of James Wan if we wanted to, we could fire him <laughs> midway through <laughs> his post-production work on Aquaman. would be terrible. Uh, but other than that... We had free reign. We could do as many films as we wanted, but we could we had to stop at 2022. Um, before we get into it and start with 2018, uh, my brief goal, and I'll ask you if, if you had one And as you were making this. My goal when making this DC slate was to expand the universe, but focus on the Justice League. Okay, I wanted, after a Justice League movie that had... Me wishing I'd already seen a lot from these characters. I wanted to see what these characters do now. I, you know, all these other side characters would be great to see, but I really wanted to focus on the main six members of the Justice League, as well as eventually this this roster will expand and get to seven, eight, nine, whatever. And I wanted to focus on those characters that will be, you know, the foundation of the Justice League.
1: Hmm. Did you
0: have a similar goal or anything, any sort of mindset you had when you were yeah, making this.
1: I did, and it was this. Expand the universe, like you said, because obviously that's the goal of any right competent studio head. But do so in a money making friendly way. Okay. By relying on golden characters. That would be focusing on Gotham City. Mm-hmm. And introducing characters that can weave in and out okay. of Batman's storyline. So you're you're Batman heavy. I, we are. This is a Batman heavy film. Okay. But we'll introduce characters as we go through. Interesting. So you 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 rely heavily on someone on a Batman character, mm-hmm. but then with our second film of the year, after basking in the glory of glowing reviews from a. A Batman character. <laughs> yes, you put in a universe-expanding film. Okay,
0: excellent. So we'll start with 2018, mm-hmm. which currently has only set Aquaman. And the yep. way we, the way we'll do this is we'll each give it, give our pitches year by year. So I think none of us, neither of us have more than two films a year in any given year. Yep. I think you have a couple years with only one film.
1: I have one year with one film.
0: Okay, outside of outside of 2018.
1: No, 2018 is okay. one year, what's one okay. film. Okay. So, yep. Yep.
0: 2018, we both only have Aquaman because it's it's in the can. James Wan's attached. They already have a great cast. It's currently being edited. Reshoots will happen in the next couple of months, I'm sure, um, and I'm sure that adjustments will be made post Justice League. And if I was a studio head looking at Justice League, looking at the reaction, I don't we we don't we haven't seen the dailies from Justice League or from right. Aquaman, so we can't tell exactly. What changes will need to be made, but I just want to—I would want to make sure that the relationship between Mira and Aquaman is fully realized, because that was one complaint I had in Justice League was that they were very combative. They—they mm-hmm. they definitely did not see eye to eye. Um, if this movie is going to play them up as love interests to one another, I want that to feel earned. I want them to find a way to rework the beginning and rework. Yeah. Arthur Curry's reintroduction into Atlantis to make it feel like, okay, they're rekindling a relationship that they lost and that she was angry with him because he left. Mm-hmm. And that's the only real one change I really want to make to Aquaman. If that's even a change at all. Cause for all we know, that is part of James Wan's script already.
1: Exactly. I don't think so. Just because Aquaman was some of the Aquaman filming definitely bled into justice league reshoots.
0: Possibly. I Even mean, what think? they shot in Aquaman.
1: Yeah, then I mean, there's definitely some. There's definitely some. Uh, I would say. Yeah. Uh, synergy going on between those films because of how their productions were. I would hope so. So were so were so layered. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think. Uh, yeah the the combative nature in Justice League needs to be at least touched on, mm-hmm. but also Justice League isn't doing so hot like we just like right. you just laid out for us. So. Maybe you maybe you axe that entire thing too, <laughs> and you just let Aquaman speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Mara speak for themselves. Um, but just I mean, I, the goal of Aquaman, whatever cut you would do of this. I mean, obviously, it's, I, want it, I want it to be James Wan's film all the way through. But the biggest thing is make sure there's an inside-out perspective or an inside-outward perspective of where Atlantis is yeah. and how it fits on Earth 5-727 <laughs> or whatever, right. whatever they're calling this iteration um, of the DCEU. Okay. Uh, so that moves us on to 2019,
0: mm-hmm. the first film in 2019. For me, based on um, the what is actually happening in the real world and the fact that Shazam is gearing up to film in the next couple of months, it has it started casting, uh, it makes sense to me that would be the next film to hit theaters, which means it will come out. You know, I think it's tentatively scheduled for April currently. Um, that seems good to me. We'll put it on in April. I want to keep everything involved. I want to keep David S. Sandberg. I want to keep Zachary Levi as Shazam. I want to keep Asher Angel as Billy Batson. I want to keep Mark Strong as Dr. Savannah. The ancillary characters to Shazam, I'm not super familiar with, so I can't bring in any newness, really. Sure. Um, but I want to make sure this is a fun movie. One that is lighthearted. I want to make sure that Sandberg's vision m- gets completed. I don't, as the studio head here, I'm not going to interfere with him uh, in that regard. And I wanted to end with Black Adam being awakened, okay, but not fighting Shazam.
1: But how how long? How large of a scope do you want it to be? Do you want this solely on Shazam, or do you want the do you want the TV spots? Do you want the, oh, look what's happening elsewhere. Look at what happened out in the ocean. Is Aquaman no. saving us from no, the no, Lobster no, no, King? No, no. Or no, I think this will no. be very,
0: very self-contained. Got it. Uh, it'll largely focus on Dr. Savannah mm-hmm. and obviously then Billy Batson gaining these powers. Okay. I think it'll be, you could have a dual journey going on between these two where Billy Batson discovers power, uh, Dr. Savannah discovers power, they use them for different reasons and then we end it maybe you can include i don't know either a superman or wonder woman cameo to have one of those heroes show up and be like hey i've seen you flying around here shazam and i just want to make sure you know what you know what you're doing and make sure you're one of us you're on the good side and uh that can work out perfectly and then it just ends black adam's tombs uncovered and he is starting to, uh, you know, gain consciousness again. Da da
1: da. Got it. Set up. Mm-hmm.
0: What about you? Right. Well, I, well, I guess I should finish my 2019, right? Oh yeah. Because we're going Please. years, not mm-hmm. by. Okay. Um. So then I will end 2019 with One Woman 2. Yep. Because it is slated to hit theaters November 1st, 2018, or 2019. It's set to film I think in the summer of 2018. Patty Jenkins is back directing, of course. Um, Gal Gadot is obviously going to return to star whatever we have to do to make that possible. If we have to sever ties completely with rat, with uh rap and, uh, you know, Brett Ratner and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't care. Pay, pay whatever it takes, make it happen. Cause we can't lose Patty or gal. We have to keep these two, uh, Stars of the universe so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea that it takes place in the Cold War, as has been rumored. That sounds fine with me. That takes place in that time period, and then I want Jessica Chastain to be introduced as Barbara Ann Min- Min- Minerva, aka Cheetah, Ooh. and have a a nice back and forth between her and Diana uh, throughout the movie. Epic.
1: Okay. Uh, I for my 2019. Okay. Well, yeah, no, I do. I do think Wonder Woman, like you said, um, I think it sounds like they've got the Rat Pack and all those issues, at least in the process of being yeah. ostracized and whatnot. So, um, great that they recognize that the only thing keeping them afloat right now are those two, <laughs> and they're moving to do so. Um, I would, yeah, I'm. Gonna, I would leave Shazam in its place as well. Listen, you have. You have the most bankable star right now in Hollywood, The Rock, waiting in the wings to play Black Adam. Mm-hmm. He's spoken about it, and he's, he's tweeted about it to his bi- millions and billions of fans and followers <laughs> and whatnot that he wants to show up to the DCU and have some fun. So getting us from point A to point B would be the biggest priority. And yeah, absolutely. there need there would Shazam has to introduce his... His enemy, his arch nemesis, Black Adam. Now, you could argue that maybe what we saw in Justice League was Black Adam, but only he was on the good side or something. Well, I don't know. Because there's that guy with electricity. Yeah. Black Adam uses electricity, doesn't uh-huh. he? he? has some kind of like super yeah. he powerful like,
0: energy. Le- he has like electric like, balls that like, go around <laughs> yeah. and stuff. And I
1: would argue that that dude looked closer to Black Adam than Shazam or anybody else. So maybe that was him. That would be interesting. I don't know. We haven't had anybody speak on that, have we?
0: No, Good. I don't think it's been officially so, confirmed either way. I, the heavy perfect. speculation is that Zeus, because it's you know the gods are there to fight Steppenwolf, and he would be there with them.
1: Got it. But but this is po- it's my possible. show now. Yes, it's possible that it and could that be Black is Adam. actually
0: Black Adam. You could retcon it, and there it is
1: and there is our continuity. We will get, we'll get to his discovery because we just had this epic battle in War and Justice League. So let's start mining some of that for future um, this film. And like you said, let, I, I totally want this to be um, Sandberg's film. I want Asher Angel and Zachary Levi just to be able to um, explore Billy Batson. Because this kid having awesome powers, let's have some fun with it. It's mm-hmm. basically Superman, only no inner you know, inner conflicts other than like a, a Spider-Man-esque power comes great responsibility type right. of a deal or whatnot, you know? And I think Zachary Levi is perfect for that. So I am I am ecstatic about that film. But what I'm more ecstatic about, though, is Wonder Woman 2. Okay. Number one, Russia is in the news everywhere. And now we're going to the Cold War in 2019, you know, on the eve of like some huge election thing that's going to happen in 2020. So this movie is just primed to do uh, superb now i would I would worry about the rumors I'm hearing from the script department about Chris Pine coming back, oh yeah, in I don't somehow, include that some in mine. way now, if it's just for flashbacks or some kind of untold memory moments, yes, or if he's still haunting Diana, perhaps, Dr. Fine. Burke. but you know what this is Patty Jenkins movie, and I would also lift some of the pallet shackles as well now. Obviously, I don't want this to be a full-on Greek mythology-esque movie set in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But those elements can can seep in there and uh, as much as they need to. But if this looks less like the first Wonder Woman in terms of aesthetic, I wouldn't hate it at all. I think that would be an improvement. Mm-hmm. And that would be the end of my 2019.
0: Okay. Well, that brings us to 2020, which is where we get
1: to have some fun because yes. from here are, on out it's it's blank. We are 20 years into NBA 2K and all <laughs> of our original stars have retired and been replaced by the CG computer generated characters. That's
0: right. And I'm going to kick off 2020 with a movie that has been I mean just anticipated for years and it can't get off the ground, but 2020 is when it happens. It's when we get Matt Reeves's directed The Batman.
1: How early in the year? Uh let's do it in
0: June june yeah okay. we're putting it in the summer this is our big money maker got it we're we're expecting big things from batman
1: mm, all right
0: but it doesn't have ben affleck ben affleck's out the door sorry ben oh,
1: okay we know you
0: don't want to be there um and we're gonna make it easy on you we're gonna let you out of your contract we're, we're not gonna have to figure out a cool way for you to segue out of this we're just gonna let you go and we're gonna straight recast jake jillenhall you're coming in you're starring you're a little bit younger it's gonna work out great and this is set after Justice League. This is no prequel. None of, that, none of that nonsense. This is what has happened to Batman after Justice League. After, you know, a, you know somebody from Apocalypse has come to Earth and tried to destroy it. What is, what is happening with this guy now? Uh, he's trying to form the Justice League, all this sort of stuff. And it comes at a terrible time because it's when uh, somebody that he doesn't know is a familiar face resurfaces in Gotham. Oh, a red hood <sighs> comes to town, starts what? messing with some uh, some people. We get Joker and Harley Quinn involved at the start so we can uh, do some universe building sort of things okay. and have Batman lock them up, hand them over to Waller. We're good to go for Suicide Squad 2. We don't have to worry about, wait, how did they get back? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. It's happening. First 20 minutes of the movie is Joker and Harley. That's who Batman's after. But as he's locking them away... You know, send them over to Waller. They lay out this tease that, hey, have you seen uh, who's back in town? And then they don't get to finish their sentence. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we can have other villains pop up. If we want to to follow the comics, we can have Mr. Freeze come in. We can introduce Black Mask for the first time on the big screen and do all this stuff. Get really uh, into the detective mode of Batman because I want to see that version of Batman. I've seen... You know, I've seen Nolan's version. I've seen the old versions. I want to see the straight detective movie that hits him trying to solve something. The problem is he doesn't oh. want to solve this because it hits too close for home. So all the evidence he's finding, it's ah, th- th- that guy moves like Jason Todd. This guy, he sounds like Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. These, all these clues remind me of Jason Todd, but that, no, that can't be. He's dead. It, no, I can't. It has to be something else. And he keeps just shunning that idea. And then he brings in uh, Haley Lou Richardson as Batgirl oracles in there because he's like i can't i can't crack this you need to look over the data and that's where she goes it's it's jason and he's he, again he's just like, no this this can't be it and i, I want to see that struggle with batman of him saying no and like just just refusing to accept what is actually happening red hood would be played by logan lerman from fury oh uh, i think he's a very underutilized actor okay um and he would be about the right age. Um, I'd like to get somebody younger, but I, that was, this is the closest I could come to. What um, And I think he has the right intensity to bring to Jason Todd, where he could come back from the dead and be a little vengeful. Um, but also commanding, he'd have, he'd have to bulk up a little bit, but nowadays yeah. that's that's no problem. I mean... Actors bulk up like it's like it's nothing in sure. a couple of months, so uh, that will be totally fine. Plus, I mean, as I said, the introduction of Batgirl sets up the universe for um, her solo movie eventually. Um, but then, but for now, she's Oracle. She's still in the wheelchair. Uh, we get all of that backstory with Joker, uh, not told through flashbacks necessarily, but just you know, just explained and uh, hinted at for all those comic fans. But for people in the audience, you don't need to know all the nitty gritty you just know that oh there's this girl who's barbara gordon oh wait she's commissioner gordon's daughter but she's helping out batman mm-hmm. jk Simmons is obviously in here as well as is jeremy irons as alfred it's just a big it's it's a it sounds like a lot for one batman movie but it's really focused on batman and is his this, detective mode is, and then we can launch other things out of it
1: is this a two and a half hour epic uh like
0: 215 probably okay I mean, it doesn't need to be super long because I think you can split it up where the 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 Harley Joker elements of it are at the beginning, and then we get some Red Hood backstory for the next half hour. Or so Batman's on his trail, mm-hmm. and then the last hour of it is them, you know, him struggling to accept this, bringing in Oracle. We could even introduce Nightwing if we were willing. for if, we if, really if we really wanted to, we wanted to get Chris McKay's film off the ground um, a little quicker. But we don't. I don't want to. I don't want to go too far into the Bat the bat family right off the bat i want to you know just introduce a couple things here bring in a couple of his villains and uh set his universe up that way so that's how i would start 2020 and then i would end it with following up the tease of wait oh so what's happening with harley quinn and joker yeah suicide squad 2 boom um and, you know september october whatever uh joker isn't actually involved because obviously since he's joker he escapes duh uh so, you know, but we get Deadshot and Harley back uh, to lead the team. Jack Flag's there because he kind of has to be. Somebody mm-hmm. has to be there to lead the team and follow Amanda okay. Waller's, um, you know, her guidance. But the rest of the team is totally revamped. You know, we don't – Killer Croc's not back. Katana's not back. El Diablo's dead for sure. We're we're bringing in heavy hitters. We got Captain Cold played by Joe Edgerton, okay. We got Poison Ivy played by Haley Bennett. Gorilla Grodd. Voiced and performed by Andy Circus, obviously. All if right. he if he can't do it, if his schedule's too busy, we bring in Toby Kebbell because right. that's the obvious oh. replacement. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Agree. And then the I surprise like choice, we get Scarecrow, played by Shia LaBeouf. We get we, his resurgence what? to his career. That's what, this is where it all starts. All right. And the reason we're bringing in all these heavy hitters is because we're gonna follow the the follow. Gavin O'Connor's tra- his uh, his vision right now to mm-hmm. bring in Black Adam. That's and he's the MacGuffin. We set up the tease at the end of Shazam that Black Adam's been awakened, and now it's up to them to go find him. And if there is going to be a confrontation, as is Gavin O'Connor's current plan, we need, we need more people than a crocodile. We need some more powers. So we got a guy that can freeze him. We got somebody that can control the environment around him. We got somebody who can has like you know has mind powers. And then we have Scarecrow. And he can you know, spray all those chemicals on him. It's enough power to combat him a little bit, mm-hmm. subdue him, and it wipes away any concerns about, oh, how are they going to co- defeat this guy because he's too powerful? And uh, it ends with you know the setup to Black Adam being in custody. All right. Sets up for a potential battle with Shazam. Yep. And, but all the rest of Suicide Squad members are still locked away. We're good for a third one if it does as well as the first one does. And that's my I 2020.
1: I like it. Okay. I do. But 2020 for me is going to start off a little bit differently. And it's going to start off with Suicide Squad 2, actually. Interesting. All okay. Right? And this is because we've had uh, three straight years, four straight years of now films dedicated to heroes. Mm-hmm. It's time to get back to the villains. Okay. It's been a while. Yeah. Now, I don't know exactly what Gavin O'Connor's plans are. I haven't spoken to him yet. Okay. All right. That's fair. But it is going to be Harley Quinn and Joker on their own thing and Suicide Squad on their other own thing. It's time to turn the squad against the other elements of the squad. Okay. Now, Black Adam can definitely be a part of this in some ways. Perhaps it's a race to get to Black Adam. Ooh. Waller says... All right, why is Joker looking for this thing? I mean, Jared Leto's Joker seems to be a little bit smarter and a little bit more villainous. Mm-hmm. So perhaps that's the way we're going. He's a little bit more gangster. He's a little bit more mob bossy. So I think that's will work. Now, does he have access to military-grade technology and things like that? Yes, sure. Does there need to be a larger <laughs> client that the Joker is working towards other than just chaos and anarchy? Possibly. Will that ruin the character? I don't know. The Injustice we... League? Perhaps. Is he part of the Injustice League? Uh-huh. Then yes. Okay. This is exactly what's going on. <laughs> All right. will race against time to get a, the nuclear weapon of superheroes. Thank you for that. You're welcome. We're writing that down. We'll send, you know. Yeah, we got to send the notes. Exactly. The, w- will the Injustice League show up in the next few years? No, probably not because ultimately, you know, the the good guys, the bad guys, the anti-heroes will win. Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn will be under arrest and the Joker slips away into the night because, you know, he's got to live to fight another day. Yeah, he's the Joker. Exactly. So that's our 2020 opening film. It's going to come out around um, Valentine's Day, maybe a little bit later. And it's going to be teased at a Joker, Harley Quinn, kick butt film Okay. with Will Smith and his posse of, you know, Killer Croc needs to be, Killer Croc needs a makeover. Mm -hmm. He's too humanoid. Okay. We're going to bulk him up. He's sticking around, All but right. he is going to be the Hulk of this film. Ooh, okay. You're going
0: to inject him with some uh, some alien DNA or exactly. something like that. Okay. You know what?
1: Waller has gone nuts. So, or maybe we just retcon him. God, maybe we don't need to explain why we made him look more BA. I
0: mean, you could. I mean, they don't explain when he got his powers. I don't think. Maybe it's in one of those flashcard moments, but
1: I don't think so. He's just like he could
0: just naturally grow because he, he was, he's a new crocodile.
1: Exactly. He, he's young. I love it. And then he just continues to grow. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So that is our February like film. And then we get to the, uh, the piece de resistance. <laughs> Batman. Okay. Matt so we have, this, we
0: have the same 2020 just flipped in order. Exactly. Okay. Interesting.
1: And like I said, we're, and that is the, the focus of Suicide Squad 2, Reminds you, is Harley Quinn and Joker. Mm-hmm. So now we get back to Batman. I we're going to largely ignore Justice League in this film, okay? Because you know what, everyone ignored it at the box office. We don't <laughs> need to pay it. Tri- we don't need to pay it tribute then at this point. You know, Avengers gets referenced off and on and off and on in Marvel films because it did so well. So you know what, Suicide Squ- or Justice League was barely seen. mean, you know, to the grander audience. So we're going to barely talk about it. Mm-hmm. Batman's villain is going to be a little bit different. Um, we've, I would argue that Nolan did investigate the detective part of Batman um, extremely well in The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of sciencing going on, you know, with ballistics and things like that, but there is no Nor approach mm-hmm. to it. I understand that. It's much more spec ops yeah. like. Uh, but Batman hasn't taken on any of his zanier villains yet. Okay. And the most zany of them all. Solomon Grundy. Ooh. Gotham this is we're in a very dark Gotham. much more Tim Burton esque than ever before. And we're gonna bring out one of the weirdest characters that he's got. Not the weirdest, but it's pretty weird. certainly one of the oddest. Um his origin story is falling into a pit of vat of like you know some kind of ooze out in a swamp mm-hmm. and then turning into Solomon Grundy. We're gonna pivot around that and we're gonna start pulling a couple characters um, from it, whether it's Doctor H- uh, Hugo Strange Ooh, okay. up and have him create it or Doctor Death because Doctor Death is also extremely weird. So perhaps there's a collaboration going on in creating um, Solomon Grundy. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe we even do wink or nod that uh, that there's Justice League. Um, you know, a resurgence of crazy scientists because of what happened.
0: Do they use the giant pool from the crash, Kry- Kryptonian no, ship? No, 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 no. Okay. The Kryptonian ship is okay. gone okay. and
1: uh, uh, yeah just done away with completely. <laughs> Doomsday, you know, not not even referenced at all because I mean, arguably, Grundy and Doomsday look a lot alike. Uh, but then we're going to bring in some other characters. Uh, um, Hush, for an instance, uh, maybe maybe is the opening. Batman villain Okay. I want to I want to reassert that he is He does take down some smaller people mm-hmm. And we haven't really seen Batman Interrogate anybody other than Lex Luthor lately So yeah. That's going to be Matt Reeves' film And now, I don't know if we're going With Jacob Gyllenhaal or Ben Affleck Okay, you haven't decided yet We haven't decided okay. exactly still in around negotiations? yet but Still in negotiations But if Ben Affleck Can't come back Yes Jake Gyllenhaal would be a great pick because okay. I've just fallen in love with that idea as well, especially if he can stay on for a three to four oh, yeah. film span.
0: He's signing up for a trilogy.
1: All right, fair enough. And if that's the case, fantastic. Okay. And that is our 2020. Who do you have for... Uh, do you have anybody for Solomon Grundy? We don't have anyone for Solomon Grundy yet. Okay. But I am thinking, at least, at least in my head... Right. Um, I was thinking something along the lines of... You know, I don't have anybody in my head yet. Do you have anybody to pitch me? Um, the
0: one that popped in my mind, uh, mainly because of, I think just his voice. I don't know if he could actually work as well. Um, would be John Goodman. Ooh. I think he he may be a little old. Yeah. Um, that was one way. One way I went. Or if you want to capitalize on some hot names, maybe go John Cena. Get the get the build. Perhaps. Um, but this is he little, would have to be a little more serious than he's ever shown.
1: For sure. So that's why I did kind of jot down John Berthal. Ooh. Because I just finished Punisher. Okay. And, you know, I don't think they're very strict about who their TV series people no. are. And it's a, it'll be a largely motion capture mm-hmm. role. And the man's voice is basically yeah. just a... Just rocks mm-hmm. grinding against each other every time he speaks, and the nursery the nursery rhyme that Solomon Grundy recites is very creepy. Yeah, so it, I think he could pull that off. Okay, phenomenally.
0: I like it. I like it. Uh, so that brings us to twenty twenty one, and I'm going to kick that year off with Flashpoint. Hmm. We're going to get our pseudo Justice League sequel, where we get everybody back on the big screen together. Uh, it's being written currently by Joby Harold cool good for him and Robert Zemeckis we're closing the deal we're bringing him in we're gonna do we're gonna back to the future this sucker yeah and uh you get Ezra Miller's his his solo movie in quotes that he's been he's been looking for um you know joining him we have Gal back of course we're bringing Ray Fisher back Henry Cavill Jason Momoa Billy Crudup's in there as well because you know it's Flash and uh then we're bringing Jeffrey Dean Morgan in as Flashpoint Batman uh, because you know, we're gonna we want to we don't want to we don't want to wear out Hall right from the start. We gotcha. want to give him give him his solo movie, and then give him a year off or two, and then have him do another one. So, but then to do it all together, we need a villain. We have to bring in Reverse Flash.
1: Ooh, and okay. we got we
0: got to bring in math. We're getting Matthew McConaughey. <gasps> all right, all right, all right. He's gonna he's gonna be the speedster. He's gonna be the villain that is tormented. Barry Allen for his entire life killed his mother and is the reason behind this whole, why this whole universe has been messed up to begin with.
1: Tie up the Billy Crudup plotline. Yes. Or his father's plotline. Okay. So we got
0: to, we got to introduce that the death of his mother, why he wants to retcon it. And then we get flashpoint for about 45 minutes. It's not, it's not, even though that's the title of our movie, we're going to give plenty of setup. We're going to let Barry Allen experience this different world with his mother but then when he tries to fix it you know everything goes wrong and now he's he's in this flashpoint world and you know it's it's not going great and you know but obviously you know he 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 works it out okay. Everybody, everybody works course. it out it ends it ends on a good note but we get to see gal be a little villainous we get to see aquaman get to be a little bit villainous cyborg gets a beefed up role and uh you know we get everybody else involved too like we're 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 doing things and we're going to you know justice league didn't perform well um, but we're going to give all the star power to Flash, mm-hmm. the breakout of our movie. Our,
1: yeah, totally.
0: We're going to give him all that extra star power, I but make it. him the focus, mm-hmm. make him the heart, and give people a different side to these characters that they already know, so that way they'd be even more interested in seeing them when they're back to the regular selves. Yeah. So that's how we're going to start 2021. All right,
1: fantastic. When, when's this film coming out? Early spring? <laughs> yeah you know April got it late March maybe I like it.
0: Um, and then we're going to close out the summer in August mm-hmm. with a, a time period that is typically looked at as just you know the dead point in the calendar you know really bad movies go there to suffer that's where nobody goes to the theater because the summer's over they want to spend the last couple months that the couple days they have in the sun yeah. before they got to get back to school and work and all that jazz but we're going to end it on the on the on the the biggest note we can by bringing in Superman. <gasps> Superman what? Reborn is our title. Oh. It's going to be directed by J.A. Bayona <gasps> as he has expressed interest to us already in That's directing right. a Superman movie. We liked his pitch. We want to bring him in. And this is a very different Superman movie than you've ever seen before. This is him. You know, We, see, we get to see a little bit of him in Flashpoint, not a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's really, but it'll be four years since we've seen Henry Cavill Superman unless yeah. we can work out this this extra deal to get him in Shazam briefly. We're okay. still working that one out. But this one, it's it's really just what you know, not what, not what not even what Superman is. What is who is Clark Kent? You know he's back. We see him roaming the streets at the end of Justice League. Whatever we're gonna figure that out. But we got Henry Cavill back to star. We're gonna give Amy Adams a lot to do. Because she's been pretty sidelined ever since Man of Steel. We're going to give her a big role. And how do we do that? Clark and Lois are having a baby. (gasps) We're going to introduce Superboy in this movie. We're not going to see him with his full powers, but he's going to be born. Okay. I don't know. About halfway through this movie probably. And then that's when things go down. Brainiac arrives.
1: Oh, snap. And he's
0: played... And Voiced by it's, it's going to be a mixture of CGI, emotion, and performance capture right. by Adam Driver. Ooh. We're bringing him in, it's gonna, he's gonna bring destruction to Earth, and Dude, it's he's gonna, gonna mess it, it up. It's gonna be a lot for Clark to handle. He's gonna have to put back on Superman's suit because he hasn't done it in a while, you know. He helped save the day, he's done it periodically, but he's really. Because he's been reborn, mm-hmm. he has been focusing on his home life. He's been focusing on Lois. He's been focusing on their upcoming baby. Yeah. You know, making sure Martha's house doesn't go under again. They're making sure that everything is taken care of and squared away at home. And that's when he meets Supergirl. Kara Danvers comes into the picture. Whoa. Because he needs somebody else needs to step up. And we're going to introduce Superboy so he can come in, in 10 years and take on Superman Mantle. All right. But from now, it's going to be Supergirl. And huh. Superman's got to teach her how to be the hero that he tried to be, but he never really became, you know, he got close, but we need somebody that can inspire hope and can be just good. And we're going to get Britt Robertson to come in and do that.
1: Oh, that's a great From pick. Tomorrowland because yeah.
0: she's, she's just kind. She has that, that very, um, innocent look to her and she can just embody the hope that, yeah, super the, earnest that, that the, that their house symbol stands for, and that's how we do it. And then, because that's still not enough, Supergirl and Superman, it's t- they can't they can't stop Brainiac by themselves. They need somebody else. And this is when the big payoff comes that everybody's been waiting for since Man of Steel. Batman, no. Superdog, no. Shoot, that'd be cool though. We might we awesome. might work that into our script now. <laughs> Great, that's a good note. Colonel Lennox steps out. Uh, oh yeah, and. He transforms. He is Martian Manhunter. It has been the secret. People have been waiting to see forever. It adds layers to previous films. When we rewatch it, like, oh, does that's Martian Manhunter. And he's testing Superman. It's really cool. And now we get to see Martian Manhunter come be himself, help take down Brainiac, set him up as a future member of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if, they, if the actor doesn't want to do it anymore, we just give him a new persona. You know, the Colonel Lennox... Life is gone yeah. now, he's, now he's somebody else Get a new actor in there okay. For future movies And we're good to go huh. And yeah like. that comes out late August We're going to steamroll the box office And uh, end the
1: summer on a high note Fantastic I think that's great Especially Martian Manhunter And You're, you're, you're definitely looking towards The more zanier aspects of this mm-hmm. And I love it Well not the more The more intergalactic Yes And that should, that should not be shied away from Because people are wanting that In their comic book films yeah. now it's almost like we had to be introduced to it slowly, right. <laughs> and now it's it, it's there to pay now off. Now it's fair game. All right. Well, now, we know a lot about these two films. Our, my 2021 okay. is going to kick off with a May 24th film, and it's a composite of two films that we've been working on for a oh, while. Okay. Cyborg has been out there for a while, and it's been announced and talked about, but- no one's going sh- his, to. After his showing in Justice League, no one's going to show up to see, you know, Victor's in mm-hmm. sh- his own film. Flash was phenomenal. He was loved by everybody. So we're going to. Bring them s- together. Put them together. Okay. But we're not only going to do that. Oh, oh, no. Because this is a team up buddy film. <gasps> not only a buddy film, but an ensemble. Whoa. And this is Teen Titans 2021. Oh, oh snap. Rick Famuyiwa is going to come back. in and direct. He's coming back. And we're going to let him do what he wants to do. Okay. Dope, obviously, was a fantastic, and I wouldn't say ensemble film, but the the characters and how they matched and that group of friends mm-hmm. um, were fantastic. Now, it's still up in debate what we're going to do, but obviously Superboy and Aqualad are going to get cut, thrown out. We don't need those. Okay. We don't need them. They're too too, too powerful, yeah. all right? Come on. That's and fair. And Aqualad, Jason oh, Momoa is cool. clearly not ready for that. <laughs> that's just probably true. Uh, we don't know what... James Wan didn't set that up. But Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, and Blue Beetle, and Red Arrow. And then we'll put our leaders in there. Um, Victor, Storm, and Flash. Okay. So there we go. Obviously, Cyborg has his much more traditional body armor mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, anything with his past moods should be explored. We'll let Rim. we'll let family, Ua decide whether he wants to retcon or add that progressive change to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But obviously the most important thing is who's playing Robin. Yeah. And this is, this is not, is this um, Dick Grayson. This is not Dick Grayson. This is Tim Drake. Oh, okay. And this t- Tim Drake is actually being played by Dylan O'Brien. Ooh, I love it. Yes. I love it. All right. He's, like you, we kinda, you poked out earlier, O'Brien, um, young, very popular uh, with, I think, this generation's mm-hmm. kids. So, and he's also a little bit more dainty, yeah. much more acrobatic, I would say. And he wouldn't have to bulk up for anything serious. So this would be the Robin because he was introduced in Batman 2020.
0: Ooh, okay. Love it.
1: A Batman Robin taking on Solomon Grundy. That was the look we're going oh, for, works. but I wanted to hold off. Because all right, it's a good reveal. Yeah. Yes, all right. And that's our Team Titans in 2021 of May. Okay. But then, before, right before school starts, possibly August, mid-September, Okay, back to school time, Josh Whedon rolls out Batgirl because we are Batman heavy, of course, and this is co-written by Shane Black. Ooh, okay, all right? interesting. And this is also the next gambit that I'm running here. This is 2021. This is five years away, mind you. Mm-hmm. Four years away. Tessa Thompson's contract has expired over at Marvel. And we have ponied up that. some serious cash. I don't know about that either. <laughs> but we have got it. We made a gambit run okay. for it. And she is Batgirl. Whether in high, at the end of high, senior year of high school or in college, that can be worked out around. Probably college, late college years. Possibly. We'll see. Um but we roll with Batgirl. Villain T B D okay. because I don't know too much about Batgirl lore and how it all rolls around and around, but that is who we got. Again, in the Batman universe, popular director, popular writers, and then that's how we close out twenty twenty one.
0: Okay. I'm surprised you're keeping Joss around.
1: We are keeping him around. Okay teen centric movies or you know, yeah. youth centric films. Need someone like that, and that's why Fami Yua is kept for Teen Titans. Okay, and some more serious directors need to be kept towards the more adult aspects. Of okay, films.
0: now has the deal already signed? Has already has it already closed for Joss, or can I give a suggestion?
1: Oh, absolutely, you can take a suggestion.
0: I think I've been talking to uh, Kelly Freeman-Craig, the director of Edge of 17, oh. about this, trying to see if she has any interest in uh, DC. Yes. She she may. I just want to throw that out there before we sign on the dotted line with Joss, a man who has recently come under fire for uh, his, his, his personal life. It's very true. As well as, you know, the end result we got with Just League working with him didn't turn out the way we wanted. Um that's just one avenue we could go down, perhaps.
1: And if that avenue is taken, you know what? Haley Atwell would be. No, Haley Atwell. Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld <laughs> like, would be a perfect choice. I'll take Haley. I'll, I'll take Haley Atwell.
0: However I and can. that would
1: open up high school again. Yes. Be taken that Yes, route. it would. Fantastic. I didn't know about the Whedon stuff. All right.
0: The, uh, yeah, admittedly. Batgirl was a movie that is not on my slate, mm-hmm. but it really wanted to get in there yeah. this next year. But if it was, it would have, because I introduced Haley, Ri- Haley, Lou Richardson f- mm-hmm. who who starred in edge of 17 and split introduced her in Batman is going to be directed by Kelly Freeman Craig and yeah. starring her. Um, so since it couldn't make my slate, I'll throw it to you. See sure. if you want to piggyback off a little it. bit. Um, but I like that. Did, did you have any other casting for Titans? And is it called Teen Titans? It is Teen
1: Titans. Okay, not Titans because that is it. There is a difference there. Right, Titans is a much well, more aged-up version, and the cast is swapped out mm, largely. Right, but like mm-hmm. Ezra
0: Miller and Ray Fisher aren't aren't
1: teens. No, They'll be they're in the like leaders 30s. of this team. Correct,
0: but everybody else is in their 16, 17, 17, 18s. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting.
1: And this is this is where we start to see the idea of the Watchtower form.
0: Ooh, okay. Because come I on, like it.
1: We, Justice League Two has to have a Watchtower. It has to. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, so that brings us to 2022, which brings me to my movie, which is Cyborg. Oh, there we go. But it's actually Titans. Oh, it's not Seen awesome. Titans, it's just Titans. Got it. Um, and this is directed by J.D. Dillard, the director of Slate. Uh, he is very talented, and he has expressed interest to me in. You know, joining us, helping yeah. us figure out where we want to go, and we really want to get Ray Fisher his leading role, even though he's going to have a lot to do in Flashpoint. We want him after Justice League. People are raving about this guy, and it's mm-hmm. just it's going to take a while because we got to wait for the story to naturally get there. Yeah. And it seems like after the attack of Brainiac on Earth, there's you know the need for more cyber enhanced people out there like Ray Fisher or like like Cyborg. But it also brings up all these other heroes that have been hiding in the woodworks. You know the the destruction of so much of the world brings out all these people and it takes cyborg on a mission to find these people and form a team of his own because he realizes wonder woman batman superman they're all busy right. they've got other lives but i need to have a team of my own that i can rely on mm-hmm. who's going to take this on nightwing boom yep. you're in it's going to be played by I, I i went with dylan o'brien to start yeah but i switched him out we're what? going we're going dev patel we're gonna switch oh, okay. things up. There we go. Gonna bring him in. It's gonna be great. He's awesome. got a big following online. The campaign. Also, Warner Brothers. We don't normally like to follow these these uh, these these fan campaigns, but this is one that's really caught our eye. We we love it. We want Dev. We want him to have the big superhero role. He's the right age, um, and it'll it'll be great for him and for us. Secondly, we got Starfire. She's coming into the mix. Uh, we got to get we got to get a female in here mm-hmm. because it's it's a it's a necessity at this point. And it's going to be played by Kate Mara. We're getting Kate Mara in. She's going to come back to superhero genre. She's forgotten all about fanta- Fan four Stick at this point. <laughs> got it. But we're bringing her in. It's going to be great. And then we're also getting Kid Flash. Oh. Because one Flash isn't enough. And Barry Allen's busy doing his own thing. They're got buddies. It. But Barry's got to pr- protect his, his turf. And Cyborg needs somebody that he can rely upon the entire time. And he brings in Kid Flash, played by R- R.J. Siler, because unfortunately, oh, good pick. Power Rangers Two doesn't look like it's going to happen in uh, at this point, especially not by 2022. It's just it's off it's off the rails. So we're bringing him in. We're going to have them team up as again, Cyborg is the one that's scoured he's he is uh he's searching the Earth, all right, for new heroes that can help defend the planet from whatever threat's going to come. Villain of Cyborg is TBD. We haven't figured that one out yet. Dillard's still working on his pitch. Fair enough. Still working on his script. But we know that that is the foundation of our film. And uh, we're pretty happy with it. And that one's going to come out um, earlier in the year. Probably like February or March. Give got him it. his own section where we don't have to worry about, you know, what Marvel's got planned. We don't have to worry about, you know, the next Transformers movie. We're got we we going to stake our claim in the early part of the year. Make a ton of money at the box office. And get great reviews on this ensemble piece, and then we're gonna end end the year in like October with Green Lantern Corps because oh, it's still in there. It's finally gonna pay off, right. you know. We introduced that little tease. We brought the tease in in Justice League, mm-hmm. but what's happened since? We don't know. And this is finally the time after all these movies. It's time to go intergalactic. You know, we we introduced some of that stuff with Brainiac, some of that other stuff in other movies, but now is the time to fully embrace that. It's going to be directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. We're bringing them in. They they, they, they couldn't do Flashpoint, Mm -hmm. but they wanted to still work with us. And, you know, they told us a little hush-hush that they weren't too happy with Disney from Han Solo. So they were more than happy to come join us over here at WB.
1: Excellent.
0: And uh, we could not have been more thrilled. They have already handpicked their stars with, like, hey, we got got these two suggestions, and we loved it. We got John Krasinski coming in to play Hal Jordan. He's the experienced vet. He's the one that's been at this for a while. And then, because of the events of Brainiac, you know, the Earth needs another protector. Who does it find? It finds John Stewart, played by Trevante Rhodes. That's where it all comes in. Nice. It's, it's Hal teaching John how to be a Green Lantern, mm-hmm. because there's a war going on in outer space that nobody else knows about. The, the Yellow Lanterns are terrorizing the galaxy, and it's led by Sinestro, played by Luke Evans. Got it. It's going to be great. He's got he's got the face. He's got the ears. He's gonna look great in the yellow suit, the purple makeup. It's okay. gonna be awesome. Yeah, and we're gonna that see that. Awesome. We're gonna see those guys pair up, or we're not not pair up. We're gonna see them go at it, go fight. Hal is established at this point as being the big leader. He we he has all this history that we can get to in flashbacks and stuff later on. But for this point, it, it's really John Stewart's origin. It's his journey becoming the Green Lantern that are, that a lot of people who've grown up watching Justice cartoons and reading comics know him to be,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we're gonna get him there. And maybe if we need to, we're gonna introduce Jessica Cruz because we may need we may need even more help fighting the fighting the yellow the yellow lanterns. Yeah, and if we do that, we've had discussions with uh, Isa Gonzalez from Baby Driver; she may do it. You no, know, there's, there's there's multiple things we're floating around with her, yeah. but she's our top choice to come in with that if got that it. is where the story ultimately goes. All right. And that's how we're going to end 2022. Okay. With the Green Lanterns now in, we're, we're moving to space. We got everything established on the ground, multiple teams, and we're ready for the future, whatever it holds.
1: Did you, did you name drop Omen or Bumblebee or Donna Troy in your Titans film? No, I did not. Will they be a part of it? Can they possibly be a part of it? Possibly. I feel like Bumblebee needs to be in a film. We're Much underappreciated. We're,
0: I, I agree. Bumblebee is great. We're working on it. You it. Know, that That's just the foundation. There's still stuff For to sure. be determined. I hear you know, there were talks of Arsenal maybe coming in. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, do you want to introduce Arsenal before we introduce Green Arrow? Does that work? So um, there's still some factors that we're still we're still oh, working Arsenal. things out.
1: Just basically. A, <laughs> why do people like people with bow and arrows? Roy Harper's <laughs> cool. Yeah, he's fine. As like, right. long as you're not going the Tempest route, I appreciate it. What do you got
0: for 2022 All right, then? Well,
1: 2022 is a work in progress. Okay. Um, we have one film slated. Ooh, okay. And this is our event film. Uh, Matt, it's Matt Reese's second film Ooh. in the Batman trilogy. Because like I said, we're, we're running the gambit here. Yep. Um, 2022, late February, early March. It's the Under the Red Hood tale. Ooh, okay. I love it. Jason Todd is played by Kit Harington or Zac Efron. Ooh. One of those two. And we take what we've pulled. We've, we we take our Batman. We take our Robin. But we also slide Nightwing in there as well. Batgirl 2. And it's sort of a Bat family film. All of them coming together and realizing, all right, this is that huge loss. We saw it. I mean, well, we've basically retconned mm-hmm. Um Batman vs Superman and Justice League at this point, All right. but if there is continuity being maintained, we'll use those callbacks, okay. if possible. If not, we follow that. Um, we let we let the story open with you know crime-ridden Gotham, and let the Black Mask part come back in. We can even let the Ra- there's a out Ghul storyline that could be taken and examined too, as he uncovers this. Um, Joker hasn't been found for a while. Yeah. Absolutely, he has to come back in and torment Batman over this. Um, and perhaps the manipulation there is what set Jason Todd on this path. And I, I, There's all, so much source material to be examined through with it. And it's such probably nightfall. There's Nightfall and then there's Under the Red Hood. I think top tier Batman stories that have to be told or need to be told. Yeah, And this would be Reeves' second ultimately inconclusive because I mean, obviously Todd's going to escape, but the crux of the film would be uh, following that emotional storyline and letting all of the pieces of the Bat family kind of come in together um, and not only mourn, but just want the best for their friend who's clearly been lost over the years. And that would be 2022. Okay. Now, after that, we're looking at possibly Gossam City Sirens. Okay. We need to get back to the villains. Yeah. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Whatever ultimately ended, whatever Gavin O'Connor did in Suicide Squad 2, Yes, we wanted Harley and Joker to part ways. Okay. there's There's the relationship threads that in the first Suicide Squad that were kind of hinted at and explored. Those were... He, laid on heavy in the second because it ultimately is a Joker Harley Quinn team up film and there they were explored there. Mm-hmm. So finally we have Harley realizing she doesn't need Joker, at least right now. This is her own this is her um I don't want to say therapy movie, but we want to give Margaret Robbie, who want just won an Oscar <laughs> a couple years ago for Itanya, a centerpiece film. Yeah. And that's what Gotham City Sirens is. Do we have a director for this film yet? No. Okay. But Ava DuVernay is out there. Yeah. And she has been just rolling in it since wrinkling in Time, smash at the box office. And she's our pick to lead. Now, we have roles to fill, and we are open to suggestions oh boy. on who we would want for Canary and um, – or Black Canary and hmm. – Black Canary, you're doing Catwoman, Poison Ivy, probably Catwoman,
0: Huntress, uh, and so many others. Ooh, so you, Catwoman and Black Canary are two you're looking for. Mm-hmm. There's oh, the boy. solids. Oh boy. uh let's see. Who could we bring in to this? Um, I would love to see katherine Winnick join. Mm, perfect. Choice. She could be Black Canary. I know she's interested. She's they expressed mean- interest. Um, but
1: Thandie Newton is the one name I do have nailed down for she's, Catwoman. She's
0: nailed down. Okay. I love it. I love it. Um, and that's it, right? Catwoman
1: mm-hmm. and Black Canary. Awesome. Unclear how this fits into does that, the larger film does universe. Does that fit into
0: 2022? Do we squeeze that in?
1: It does get squeezed in. Okay. Probably possibly December, November. Sometime around Halloween, uh, perhaps okay, because of the more fearful elements of it. But it does close out Harley Quinn's three-film story arc that had been established in Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad Two, and, and now here. And now here.
0: Okay, love it. That's it. That's that our, is it. That's our slate. Is there anything about your slate or even mine that you're like, oh, I don't like this, or I wish I could change this?
1: I Something you how, wish you could have done I'm going better. I will say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna club you over the head a little bit. So okay. defend yourself here. Okay. I don't see how yours makes money. We're,
0: we're,
1: we're, we're I, betting big. It, you are betting big. We're, Superman Reborn is your mo- is the most ambitious film here. It is. I love it. We're betting on even though Justice League is not
0: making the money we we expect. Yes. People are still coming out of that liking our characters, mm-hmm. which is which is what, okay. which is what we're doubling down on. Got it. We're going. We're going after, and we're, we we want to make sure. You know, we could we could double down and put out Wonder Woman three in twenty twenty one if we really wanted to. Yeah, make another Batman movie mm-hmm. if we wanted to as well. Even push up Superman Reborn. But we're we want to focus on getting each of our characters their own solo movie first, and then after Green Lantern's established, after we have the entire Just League roster assembled. And multiple other side characters, heroes. We can then bring in Dark Side, the Injustice Squad, Injustice League. We yeah. can we mm-hmm. can expand these for universe even farther. And a lot of these, you know, we can look at Shazam, Wonder Woman two, Batman, mm-hmm. Suicide Squad two to a certain extent. Uh, those can be done on. Uh, we're not we're we're main we are very much focusing on the budgets of these movies too. Keeping them, they're under two hundred million. Ooh,
1: snap! Okay, maybe maybe
0: maybe even some of some of them under one hundred fifty million because we are Mm. we we have learned our lesson and we are going to try to capitalize the best way we can. We've seen Deadpool turn in fifty million dollar budgets, and make loads of money worldwide, Mm -hmm. and we want to try to replicate that the best we can. Batman doesn't need a huge a huge uh, budget because. He's not fighting. He's not fighting Darkseid or anything. Right. He's fighting. Crime bosses. Right, he's, yeah, he's fighting Red Hood. Right. Like maybe some special effects for fight scenes. You know, we're obviously going to have to pay up for Matt Reeves and Jake Gyllenhaal of and all course. that stuff. But we're we are focusing on our stars because if we can't win with them, then it's time to scrap it. Yep. And we're not connecting these movies very much. There's, there's continuing threads based on the way the universe builds. But at any point in time, if one of these movies doesn't work or two of them fail in a row, we can can the whole thing, start from scratch, Smart. and not have to bet on, oh, well, shoot, we, can't, we didn't pay this off.
1: Yeah. Is there a film, if you could go three films for one year, um, what film would you insert? Oh,
0: man. I really, want, I really wanted to get Batgirl in. Okay. So I may-, I may year would you put that in? I may expand 2022 mm-hmm. into uh, three movies and get Batgirl in there. Other than that- um I don't know if there's really any other one that's really standing out to me. Um I mean just the dark has appealing elements to it. Yeah. But I, I can't find a place for it yet. I mm-hmm. wanna I wanna establish our main guys before we get into the zany yes. um even scary elements to our universe. Other dimensional,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that that's really where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um the con I have with mine, with our slate currently, is uh that we had to put, you know, our our money where our mouth is and bet on our big characters, um, because we do want to get back to all we want to get Nightwing, we want to get Justice Dark, but we we don't have the confidence yet in our brand, uh, let alone these characters, yeah. that to to make us feel comfortable that they will still turn a profit or even come close to it. So we have to bet on these as well as um, we know there's a lack of female directors in this slate. There's there's none except for Patty Jenkins on One Woman Two. And we know that's a problem. But we can't get the choices we wanted for these. We mm-hmm. can't get the right fit with these movies. You don't want to stick one on. Yeah. That could be a um that wouldn't work well. You know. There were there were considerations of Catherine Bigelow for Green Lantern. But, you know, Phil how Lord you, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Right. They gave us they gave us the pitch we wanted more in terms of the tone. And uh, you know, there were other there were other talks as well. Maybe Ava Duvernay coming in for a film, but we couldn't we couldn't get it nailed down. And uh that's just how it kinda played out. But that's what's one of our efforts moving forward. We did we there was even the thought of uh, you know getting rid of Gavin O'Connor to get a female director in there. hmm Like um Lexi Alexander, but we just we didn't feel that that was fair to Gavin after putting all this work to kick him off, sure. Um, you know, for no reason really, other than you know giving a female a chance at the job. So, we wanted to be fair to Gavin, and we're going to be fair to everybody. And once we get into twenty twenty three and the next ten years, I mean, you're going to see a lot of talented female directors join the DC slate and uh, helping us expand our world in big ways.
1: Catherine Bigrell has done fiction films. Mm-hmm. blue steel i didn't know that I, I was about to be like could you get katherine Bigelow <laughs> to do anything that's not based on a true story right? <laughs> but yeah obviously you can uh the jamie clickley Cook- curtis movie is totally underrated yeah um,
0: so uh is there anything about your list that you or your slate you'd want to
1: there you're I mean, not totally I, happy with i'm not totally happy with it because i could do three films a year but i know it's not visible mm-hmm. for production elements and things like that Cause, And i also because the brand like you said the Confidence in Brand doesn't exist yet. Um, but there's a... there's a. If I could run back-to-back Batman films, mm-hmm. I would. Because I would have loved to have put a Nightwing film in there together. But merging those all together, mm-hmm. um, I think, is the route to go. Yes. Um, I mean, I wouldn't but, be
0: surprised since this is just a game and we're not actually WB executives. But sure. I wouldn't be surprised if they very much doubled down on Batman and Gotham and they do do you know a, a Batman movie and the Nightwing movie in the same year or something like that yeah
1: but I the the breakup of um enough everyone like I'm sure the idea is to keep it close or same I mean we, we want people to feel familiar mm-hmm. which is why you stick to those characters on the ground level and then slowly introduce all of the newness yeah uh but i just wish um i wish an Injustice league movie could be set up a little bit quicker in there yeah because i do love that idea yeah but
0: there's a lot of things that you have to you have to build to naturally mm-hmm. you hmm that, 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 that's our plans in. yeah you know we could have made justice league 2 come out in 2019 but it wouldn't feel earned yeah. we wanted to develop these characters enough and hopefully we would do that we will have to look back on this episode <laughs> in yeah, 5 years for sure. to see how uh, close we were to what the slate actually turned out to be if any of these things actually turned out to be relatively close to being true or mm-hmm. if we were totally far off or even if, if even if the DCU lasts till 2022 we don't we don't know but uh, that's that's all the time we have we got we got to cut it uh because it's a long episode cuz we had to we had to get deep into this DCEU oh, yeah. nonsense and kind of fill it out. Um which brings us to the end of this episode, which means
1: next week, Josh, what are you we doing? Well, next week, Cooper is our 100th episode. <laughs> Can you believe it? Yeah, I can't believe it. 100 episodes. Which is over two I mean that's like It's almost 2 years. Uh, 2 2 years and 150 hours worth of I mean not nonsense, but pretty close to it, <laughs> Right, just us, rambling. So. <laughs> um Puns and laughs and just criticisms of Ben Affleck everywhere. <laughs> right. So we are gonna do some retrospectives, some introspectives, some forward spectribs. I don't know if that's <laughs> any a word. time
0: spective we can. Yeah, that's what we're doing.
1: Lots of inspections, um, some odes, some stat throwouts. Like I don't know what else you do on 100 episodes. I've no, we've never and done one before. Some <laughs> thank yous and. All sorts of things.
0: Yeah. So uh, hopefully it'll be a special one. One you remember because it is our 100th episode, crazy as that may be. And uh, we're looking forward to it. We don't think we're going to have a review out because there's just nothing coming out this mm-hmm. next week. And uh, we still want to have an episode, not delay our 100th episode another week. So uh, it'll be fun. Maybe there'll be guests. There'll probably be a bunch of random segments. And if it's, especially if it's light on news, we're going to fill the time just. Just talking, just, just just gabbing on about movies, just you know, talking nonsense and yes. uh, having fun. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode and our DC Slate, our Cocoa review, and our talk on the news, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, head gives to give us a five star review telling us why you listen to the show, but also what we can improve to keep you listening, because that would help tremendously. But uh, during our, our time away, be, be sure to tell us your thoughts on everything we covered by joining us at Friends of Film. Where you'll see updates on the podcast, movie news, and more. You can find me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper and Coops underscore Hoops. And you can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. And thanks again for tuning in to friends from the offensive podcast. Josh. Thanks for stopping in, everyone. And be sure to in next week for our 100th episode.